So, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to discuss video games. Um, yeah. Is this the intro? <laughs> <laughs> We could have we we could have used that as the intro, but the really long pause made it much better or worse, depending on your opinion. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, I think so. Um, so we're all people. This is a gaming fix, episode fifty-one. Fifty-one. What in one week it'll be? We'll have been doing this for one entire year. Or in fact, have we already been doing it for an entire year? We have. We have special episodes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've, if we've got more than 52 episodes, that doesn't mean we've been doing it for a calendar year. When did episode one release? That's, That's the big question. question. No fact check on that, though. So. Uh, I, I'll fact check on any podcast. Look at me, I'm a, I'm a rebel. Is this still part of the intro? <laughs> I guess so. Welcome to Gaming <laughs> Fix, episode 51. Um, my podcast player only goes back to episode 33 for some reason. Sick. Nice. So it looks like our first episode was episode 33 on August 19th. So <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about But eventually we'll hit that magic one year number. And then eventually we'll hit the magic 69 number. Looks like uh, first episode day. went up on... <laughs> Looks like the first episode went up on January 8th, so we're all just enough. about it. This is basically our one-year anniversary episode, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's really great that the four of us are here to celebrate that. Yep. Yeah. Woo! Maybe next week we'll be able to get all six of us. As long as we're all here for episode 100, that's the thing that matters. Yeah. Well, I think as long as we're all here for episode 69, episode 420. Yep. Is, yes. Yeah. That's, yes. Those are important, too. Yes. Yeah, those, those are, are very important. <laughs> The two yeah. nicest episodes. Um, so video games are... And we'll have hobby. themes, too. Yeah. Oh, God. We could talk about Fallout. Seven, seven, seven years earlier, Fallout. Seven I was going to say that the 69 episode, we could talk about sex games, because that's the sex number, and then the 420 episode, we could talk about weed games. Weed games. Should we like, talk Wiz, about Pokemon? Like Let's go. Farm? Because Oddish is a weed Pokemon. I did play a lot of Tetris Effect this week too, which is also a weed game. <laughs> um, film Crit Hulk. I don't know if any of you are aware of Film Crit Hulk, <laughs> film journalist. He started playing Pokemon for the first time and knows nothing about Pokemon. Uh, and he's posting this thread of all of his impressions and they're extremely funny. Oh, I need to read those. That'll, that I've sounds seen, really fun. I've seen similar uh, experiments before. <laughs> One of them was, yo, you guys weren't joking about it being cute dog fighting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, let's talk about video games and not dog fighting. And um, not Pokemon. Hey, buddy. Kidding. You can talk about Pokemon if you want to talk but about Wait, them. what's your name? I don't even know. Yeah, who are you all? I'm Sam. <laughs> Alex, who are you? Uh, I'm Alex. <laughs> Need to move or be quiet because I can't. <laughs> Pat, who are you? <laughs> move. 
Uh, I'm the Witcher. He's the best I think, boy. I think Henry Cavill is the Witcher, actually. That's no, no, no. No. Did you see that outfit? No. I saw the oh wig. <laughs> Wait, is this becoming an ASMR cast? Maybe. Like, he just has to like... record the way that Andre does. Wait. <laughs> Alice, Allison. Who are you? Yeah. I'm, I'm Allison. I like video games. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> this is the worst intro we've ever had. I love it. I know. Well, the best intro. Well, we have one loud person, someone who likes video games, and I don't remember what you said, Alex. I think a monster slayer is probably the most valuable profession out of those four. What if I was the so watching? Skimmy will. That is indeed what scatting is. You found it. That's what our podcast will become. It's just scatting. People, it's competitive scatting, but there's no. Oh, God. It's not like football competitive scatting. It's like hockey competitive scatting. So it just keeps going. There's no stoppage of play. So people just keep going and going and going until the end of the show. Does scat Someone also, gives up. Does scat also mean poop in the States? Because competitive yes. scatting could have many yeah. different connotations. When in the con- in we're talking about it, we mean competitive skitty boop bopping. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because competitive scatting is what they do at Hogwarts, right? Yes. What? Like, just there, it is. there it is. We <laughs> I, got there. I feel like I've been talking about that like all for for days now just like nothing but like hey you know shit on the from crowd. worst intro to best intro <laughs> we worked in the harry potter shitting thing all the replies to that tweet that were like i could have lived my entire life without knowing this <laughs> well okay okay so it, it just makes no sense though because you literally could magic and enchant like a chamber pot to just deal with all of that so why are you just like let no we don't need to do that. We're just going to shit on the ground. I'm going to have the fun experience of shitting on the ground or in my pants every day. <laughs> oh my gosh, magic away. It's like they didn't understand that the part about why we have like toilets isn't because it isn't just to <laughs> deal with the shit. It's also because it's unpleasant to have it touching your body. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also <laughs> unpleasant to do it on the ground. <laughs> I'd like to draw your attention to the specific wording of the tweet in which they say, Wizards would relieve themselves where they stood. Yes, and it said there were no bathrooms. No, the implication that they didn't do it in private, and that they they're didn't. Just like, yeah, they didn't take their clothes off. They just stood there and went. Ah, they're all wearing like, robes. Yeah, but like they Fantasia. still. It's not like kilts. They still wear like undergarments <laughs> under their robes. They don't wear undergarments. Under they do. I've seen the movies. In kilts, there's no undergarments. Yeah, but in robes there are. They always have pants on under their robes. Hmm. Except maybe they didn't at this point. We don't know. Maybe, maybe they were all just complete perverts like- then. I guess we don't know. <laughs> Guarantee serious brackets free bowling. Oh, 100%. 100%. The other response that I saw that was really good was that for the first four years of your time at Hogwarts, you don't learn the kind of magic that you need to use to, to clean up the poop. So, like, the implication is that for that time, the first four years, like all the, the the students that were four years and under just had themselves cleaned up by prefects or something. Oh my God. Can you just imagine being an 11 year old kid? You grew up with muggle parents. So you don't know the ways of the wizarding world. 
you go to a place called Hogwarts and you're like, oh, I'm going to magic school. This is going to be exciting. And then you just find out that everyone's just shitting all over the hallway. <laughs> you're just oh. like, what the fuck? Well, also, does that mean that no wizarding homes had bathrooms or plumbing? Did they all just do this or was it just at Hogwarts? <laughs> I think the wizards are like right? right? Passage at Hogwarts. Like, oh, this is, you know, kind of like a hazing ritual. It's like a, we figured out the way to, to really cut down on infrastructure costs. Don't have bathrooms. The rest <laughs> of the wizarding world should take notice. Out. And then Slytherin built the Chamber of Secrets into a bathroom, so I don't even know what that was about. Maybe they had bathrooms, but they were just like, fuck it, we're not going to use those. They slither into other people's bathrooms. Anyway, when the when anyway. that when that Harry Potter RPG comes out eventually, I hope that it's like that one uh, scum <laughs> game, and you just shit on the ground, or like Ark, you just shit wherever you are, and then you have to turn around and do a spell on it. Otherwise, the monsters will follow you based on your scent, or Hogwarts will just be covered in doo doo all the time. Ark is if that's not then Hogwarts is just going to be covered in doo doo all the time. Mm. So welcome to episode 51 of Gaming Fix. Uh, this is like, I, I'm glad we got this out of the way because I felt like, I don't know. This is all I've been we, thinking. Before it becomes irrelevant, we should really talk about the fact that I saw one of the best headlines of all time ever, which is that Atlas, the, the, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it was like Atlas devs introduce patch that causes death upon eating shit. Because like... <laughs> There was like a bug or something in it. Yeah, like they eat shit and die. Allows them to eat shit and die. Like they put, it was like a bug or something. I don't know that like you could eat your poop. And because you can try to eat like any substance in that game or something. This is that survival MMO that the ARC devs are helping with. Um, And so like the poop was giving people nutrients or something like that. I don't fully understand it. But all I know is that now if you eat poop in that game, you die. Or I guess in two days from now, you will. Oh, look, Jesus. I'd like to point out. (laughs) That our first episode a year ago, we talked a lot about a dump in the dark, and we've just come full yeah. circle. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna point out that it's what well, it hasn't just been in that episode that we've talked about poop. Oh no, of course not. <laughs> it's a recurring theme on this podcast. <laughs> We're talking about a dump in the light, a hearted world of Harry Potter's wizards. <laughs> Sam, what video games did you play this week? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I played a video game with my television remote called Bandersnatch. That's not a video game, is it? It is. I don't know. It's interactive. I I'm talking about it last week that I think it counts. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about anything on the show. It's true. Well, but we talked about that, and it counts. <laughs> what did you think, Sam? Uh, I liked it. Um, um, I'm not a huge Black Mirror fan. Um, I feel like relentless bleakness isn't in and of itself an aesthetic. Um, whereas I feel a lot of other people do. And like, there are occasional episodes which are actually surprising because they don't have horrible endings. Um, and those tend to be my favorite. And also, like a lot of people's favorites. And I don't know why they continue down this trend of like technology is the worst and it's ruining our lives because it's kind of incredible. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I sat through and I was like, oh, I've got like, I've heard, I had heard that there were five endings and I was like, oh, I've got, yeah, I've got five endings. So I must've seen all of them. And then the final ending that I'd seen credits started rolling 
and credits hadn't rolled on all the other endings. It's like, oh, okay, so I must be at the end. And then I talked with Fiona about it afterwards because she played it separately to me. And she'd, um, she'd got like five completely different endings, hadn't seen anything that I had seen. Uh, and uh, it was all because like she made kind of one major choice differently to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the um, balcony scene. Yes. Where it's you or Colin. Yep. She picked Colin. I pick me. Um, and uh, so loads and loads of really cool stuff happened to her because she picked Colin. Um, I thought it made you go back after that choice if you picked you. Yeah. It does if you pick you. Yeah. But like Colin seems aware of that night having taken place mm-hmm. when you speak to him later. Um, there's a great bit where like you kind of threaten Colin with a knife very near the end of the story. And um, if, uh, yeah, so you threaten Colin with a knife and if you don't kill him, he goes, Oh, thanks mate. I'm enjoying this timeline and leaves. Um, whereas in Fiona's run, because she didn't, because she picked Colin instead of, um, instead of herself, himself, Stefan, um, Colin's wife turns up looking for him. Yep. Because as soon as he goes in the balcony scene, he's never seen again and everyone's looking for him. He's missing in the game, which is kind of cool. I also like the fact that, um, Colin is aware of the timelines, uh, shifting and changing. I think that's really smart. I think that's what makes it more interesting to me than just if it was what it was, but because things change and like there are very slight variations when you redo scenes, like that makes it way more interesting. Um, I'm disappointed that it didn't doki doki me enough. Um, at one point during, I would say like two thirds through, um, the Netflix app on my PS4 crashed. (laughs) And I, I I thought that it was part of the show. Oh no. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, this is smart. This is really smart. And I'm like, it came up, I was like, it said Netflix is having difficulty playing this title. And I was like looking around all the help menus, like trying to see if I could get back to where I was. And like, so I spent like maybe two minutes on that, like looking at the error codes on Netflix. I was like, oh, I should probably Google this and like see if there's anything else I have to do anywhere. And like, and I, and I Googled it. I was like, oh, it's just a Netflix error code. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. It's just cool. broke, not, not anything to... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was expecting that sort of stuff. Um, I think that if they did, like knowing Charlie Brooker has played Doki Doki Literature Club because uh, he tweeted about it, like I feel like he probably would have incorporated that if that had been around when they were planning it. But I think obviously a TV show like that probably was in the planning stages long before that game came out. It's probably also hard to plan a crash when Netflix has like apps on toasters and shit. Oh yeah, exactly. And I think um, the genuine like impressive nature of Bandersnatch is that it is playable on basically everything. You can even play it on like my smart TV and the, like the Blu-ray player in our house. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just the PS4. Like 
I happen to use the PS4 as my primary Netflix player because I've got stereo head, stereo wireless headphones for it. So, like, if I'm watching something in the morning, I don't want to wake Fiona up. Like, that's what I tend to use, which is why I was using the PS4. Um, but I could have done it on, like, any device. And the um, interface is really slick. The The one thing I would say that I didn't super like about it was the uh, time it took for decisions. So, like... Mm-hmm. there was no decision where I took more than two or three seconds to pick a choice. And because the decision timer is covering the load in the background of the two options, um, they're always quite long. Like they're all like at least 10, 15 seconds. And it would be nice to have had varied time lengths for more important decisions. Um, there's no real actiony sort of, decisions that you make in the game like you don't make a like turn left turn right hit the zombie shoot the zombie quite like uh decision and i think that would have been interesting Uh, i did like um uh, the kind of twitter conversation about it quite a lot um that was one of the most interesting things before watching it was people just like going frosties or sugar puffs frosties or sugar puffs (laughs) like that was really good. So uh, it was cool to see 1984 um, UK as well. That's fun. Although the the big biggest takeaway I had from it was like, oh, I wish that book existed. <laughs> that book looks so cool. Like an adult choose your own adventure that's like two thousand pages with like intermingling conspiracy storylines written by a madman. Did you notice who the madman was played by? I met, I told this to Allison last week, but. I recognized them, but I didn't bother looking them up. It's uh, Jeff Minter. Oh, wow. That's funny. Yeah. That <laughs> like that funny. was really a really aware choice that I thought was amazing. Yeah. So um, yeah. did you, uh, to talk around the spoilers, did you enjoy the part where you had to pick a logo or a symbol? And did you pick the, the correct oh. symbol that was that went down the really weird path? Yes, was, I, I got the action movie ending. That was really good. Did you get the fourth wall break ending? No, I didn't, but Allison did, so we talked about it. I did. I, I did. That was that was probably my favorite, maybe my favorite. Ending. Uh, I, I really liked it, but that was one where I, I, that's kind of the thing I kind of wish it leaned more into is some of the fourth wall breaking because that totally that was mm. that's enjoyable for me, and I enjoyed that. Did my favorite that? ending was the um, the white rabbit one where you get on the train. Yeah, I don't know if you guys got that. That was I my like favorite one. Well, actually, no, my favorite one. Sorry, was the current day one. Mm, that was a very good one too. That was. Oh, really that was I like the White Rabbit one though, with the train. Definitely. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I thought it was the best Black Mirror related product I've uh, consumed. Interesting. Which is to say that I feel the same way that you do, Sam, about Black Mirror, except that I am more aggressively anti that show, which we don't have to get into because I don't like being a bummer but uh but i really do not like black mirror and this was one that i wasn't planning on watching but some friends were uh doing it and so i kind of sat in with them i missed the very beginning but i got caught up pretty quick um you should um you should watch the bees episode i can't remember what it's called uh, i've seen the ones i always watch the ones that i've seen that one i always watch the ones whenever i bring up my criticism of black mirror there's i'm not i'm not uh accusing you of this either but there's always like two people in the room that go (laughs) Well, you need to watch this episode. So I've seen most of that show and all of the ones that people recommend as this is the one. Um, I like the Star Trek one. 
Oh, I like that one a lot. The bees one is the one that everyone says is the worst one, but it's my favorite one because it's like, like more conventional. I don't really like any of them that much, but if I had to pick a favorite, I would say that the 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 Star Trek one's my favorite. But I actually like real Star Trek far more than Black Mirror <laughs> Star Trek anyway. So I just like I just like all the actors. In, uh, yeah, in Star Trek. I, I just don't. I kind of agree with you. I'm I'm not really a Game of Thrones fan either. I kind of dislike um, intense bleakness, and I don't. I've never come away from Black Mirror going, "Wow, that was insightful." So, but I know yeah. other people do, and like similar conversation that we had around the game of the year about Oberdin. Like Alex didn't connect with Oberdin and, and other people super did. So I totally get that it's a subjective thing and wouldn't try to tear it yeah, down for it's, anyone. But it's uh, weird I wouldn't think that uh, Black Mirror is something that I would necessarily connect to because normally I'm not somebody who's into intense bleakness, but I don't know what it is. I, I think that I, I just really like it mostly because I like the kind of anthology of it all. And I feel personally um that what it does well is that it rarely like despite its reputation i think it rarely is saying the the thing that it's rarely saying is that technology equals bad but rather just like it's exploring more about humanity in regards to technology which is the parts of it that i like and i think where it, it shines and when it falters is how human it really it gets if that makes sense so yeah. I think that um, there are certain episodes that I think are better than others for sure. Um, I like I've been yelling this whole episode. San Junipero is the best episode, and they will fight <laughs> everyone. But uh, but 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 I, it's it, it's it's the type of show where occasionally, whenever I uh, watch it, I just need to like watch one and then just never watch it again and just like take a long long break. Sure. Before I, I will say. It. In regards to Bandersnatch, the thing, I, I was kidding when I said it wasn't a game. It's totally a game. Um, it's a game if you think it's a game. It has play elements. Um, but what I found frustrating about it was I thought it was well, the quality was pretty like high in terms of production and acting and writing. I didn't like the thing, the like super um, stream of consciousness stuff that it did. Like in a vacuum, some of that like weird stuff is really fun. Um, but a lot of it like again, I don't want to get into specific spoilers, but it just felt very much like they did it because holy shit, that was crazy. And now, whoa, you're in this weird space. And, and it, it, I get that it had relevance to the plot, but I, it just felt a little bit contrived to me sometimes when he did the more, some of the more violent or strange actions. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I didn't love that. And then I also just kind of don't like that we, sat down and, and and granted part of this is impossible to avoid with this kind of storytelling, but I liked the, I liked the notion of you played through it, you got your ending. That's the story that you saw. And then you can go talk to other people about the stories that they saw, but it kind of bugged me that it was sort of set up so that it would just take you back so that you could easily see all the endings. That was actually like, I was kind of like, well, so what's the weight and relevance and importance? Like you very clearly could see like, Oh, so these are the endings that don't matter then. And these there are the are, real endings um, that don't matter. There and are 14 endings and you don't see... Fiona didn't see any of the good endings. She didn't see the future ending, the present day one. She didn't see White Rabbit. Like she missed loads of them. Uh, because yeah. She it may have been, again, the group yeah. that I was playing with. We ended up, they ended up like Googling, like, oh, well, how do we get the... Let's make sure we saw all the endings. And it just was like four hours of sitting in front of the television kind of like, mm. Oh, so we're just going to like yeah, wring everything out of this thing that I don't think is that 
I mean, it's fine, but I don't think it's like worth this time investment. And then we're also not just accepting like these are the choices we made. So this is the ending we get either. And that was a little frustrating to me. Because at one point, about 90 minutes in, they basically like kicked me out like you're done. And there's (laughs) a decent, I mean, like I saw most of the major endings, but there are a couple of the, you know, variations that I didn't see. Did any of you guys get the ZX Spectrum ending? Mm-hmm. I saw that one. That was pretty good. Which one's that one? Yeah. So it's at it's at the very it's after the credits. Uh, and it's not really a spoiler to talk about. It's that um, you know you pick a tape at the start of the game for what music you're listening to. Yeah. Uh, you get to play the tape of the game, like the actual game tape of the game he made mm-hmm. in his in his uh, uh, his Walkman or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. It just plays ZX Spectrum through, sounds, yeah. and then if you load that into an emulator, it shows you a QR code. Oh, yeah. that I didn't know. I didn't see yeah. that. And then it brings you to That's a site cool. that like you can actually download uh, the nosedive game and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah. The, there was a um, lot of those like little individual things when taken apart were really cool. I just didn't really like how it all hooked up together. Um, sure. It felt like a lot of very cool individual moments that when you combined them into one big thing, didn't really have any weight or impact to me, I guess was really the thing that was I found kind of frustrating, but um, I, I really like Will Poulter who played Colin. Like yeah. he's, he's brilliant. Very he's good. Very good. Yeah. The acting was great in it for sure. I think as a first effort for some, like a larger scale thing like this, it was pretty good. I, I would say, totally. yeah. I would say it wasn't perfect. And definitely. I would give it like a 6.5 out of 10. Probably. I'm not saying it's like terrible or bad or anything. It's just, I wasn't, I didn't find it particularly inspiring either. Um, so I would love to see them do more. I would like to see them do more with other properties with that concept in other properties. I don't think I'm interested in seeing another black mirror take on it personally. I'm sure plenty of people would be, Mm -hmm. but I would love to see something like the, like the dragon prince do Mm -hmm. a cool choose your own adventure side movie or something like that. That's, that's kind of like, I'd like to see it taken in more directions. I would like to just see more interactive movies. Yeah. I thought that was super interesting. I would like to maybe even see the Black Mirror people involved, but for it not to be Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there is an expectation of tone with Black Mirror and an expectation of um, for things to go, to get out of hand and be a little over the top um, in terms of like violence or sexual content or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. I'm okay without those things. I don't, I don't know if I would say that. Black Mirror is necessarily violent or full of sexual stuff. A lot of times, it's just like existential horror. To especially since, uh, like uh, again, you have episodes like Sanjay Napero and Hang the DJ that are a lot more like positive, like hopeful in tone Mm -hmm. than Black Mirror normally is. So I think that Black Mirror really could be pretty much anything it wants to be. Yeah, totally. Mm It does take a really long time to get to those stories, though. They're all in the yeah. latest season, aren't they? And like eighty yeah. percent well, of it does have to do with over-the-top, like disturbing stuff. That's mm. that is. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. I've seen anyway. Uh, yeah, like that yeah. first episode is one that I don't think I would recommend anyone ever watch. Any the national anthem? Watch it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm kind really of like that one. rewatching it um, because I might rewatch all of Black Mirror because that's where I'm at right now. But. I think it's weird and gross, and I don't think it is particularly artful or meaningful. Anyway. I, I haven't seen it. So I, I, think it is, I think that that one, that, like, I think that that one is one where the like explicit nature of the storytelling works. 
Um, it also was like a different time. It's like seven years old at this point. Oh, totally. I, think I mean, yeah. It's a very weird episode, but at the same, it, like, it's a, it's a very different from the rest of Black Mirror. But at the mm. same time, I think it's a uh, very, I, I think it's a really good one just because I feel like it's kind of, it's, it was almost uh, like kind of prescient in a way in terms of like viral media and how that thing goes. And then also it was very prescient in terms of David Cameron and. Mm. I yeah. guess I just I just didn't need anything to spell that out for me. And there probably are people who did, but it was all very like it felt kind of ham fisted in its commentary. And then, yeah, no pun intended. That's, that was that was not good. Uh, and then like that whole sequence, it just it just it screamed to me after weeks of people building it up as me being crazy for not watching it. It just screamed to me of like, look, we are people writing the show and it's going to be edgy. So strap the fuck in. Cause there's going to be rough stuff that happens and it's going to be good. And I was just like, please stop. You know what that reminds <laughs> then, me of? I don't know if I'd agree, but, uh, but I can definitely see where that is. The, that's, that's exactly like, where I fall what? on the film. Black Swan. Oh, I can see that. Black, Black Swan is yep. the only, like one of my favorite horror films of all time. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> I loved it at first, but I, I've I've come to a place where I'm pretty media. I could go either way on it. I, I can see why it would be someone's favorite, and I can also see why someone would find it kind of a, 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 appalling. <laughs> uh, One real same. quick thing, and then we should probably move on to video yeah. games. Yes. Um, the there was Charlie Rooker before Black Mirror did a really small TV series called Dead Set. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. No, I have. I think I've seen a little bit of it, but I don't. The name sounds really familiar, like something I've seen on a screen. So, Dead Set is um, what if the zombie apocalypse happened during That's the right. of Big Brother? Mm-hmm. So oh, they're trapped in the house. They're trapped in the house and running out of food, and the zombies are like at the fence of the house. And it was filmed in the real Big Brother house after the season ended. Yeah. That's great. Um, oh wow! And like. It's just really, really good. And they use all the tech from Big Brother. So it's like really high production value. It's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a super, super well done story. And all, like all the actors that were in it are like now quite big because they moved on from Dead Set to other things to other things. And like, I think um, like Emily Mortimer is in it and people like that. That's really cool. It's, it's really good. I would highly recommend it. Alison, what did you play this week? <laughs> um so i didn't really play that much so i'll probably not be take too much time um played a little bit more phoenix right and don't have much more to say about it and i for some reason i just decided to pick up uh mario plus rabbit's kingdom battle again and i'm uh hopefully gonna try and finish that one because that game is is quite good but i never finished it um i don't know how much i have to say about it but it's it's just kind of I, i i i think part of the reason i like it is that it's the type of game that you never really would expect would work, but it, I, I just think it works so well um, as, as kind of a, t- as a tactics game and as a Mario game. And I'm, I'm hardly a, not a Rabbids fan at all. And I think they work just fine in it. So it's kind of, I, I, I really like games like that. So I'm, I've only, I've, I'm almost done with the first world. So I still have a way, ways to go, but for, I don't even know why I picked it up. I was just like, you know what? I haven't played in a while. It's that time of the year when it's uh, 
when I feel like I can play whatever I want because there's no game of the year anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, totally. Yeah, and I'm I'm uh, I haven't played them yet, so I'm so I have nothing to really say about it. But I also uh, I've picked up all three Danganronpa games um, yeah. on the Steam sale, and I also just picked up uh, Graveyard Keeper on the on Steam sale. That game is so broken. <laughs> is it really? Yes. <laughs> well. Well, shit. <laughs> no, I mean, I saw some people recommend it, and it wasn't very expensive, so I got it. Yeah. But it's we'll good. see how I have to. It's good, but it, it, it is broken. My understanding That's is the brokenness is doesn't really become prominent until a little ways in. Okay, um, it, you might know better than me. At but. which point, it might uh, break your save. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, shit. but but like you can get some enjoyment out of it before you hit that point. Yeah. yeah. And at that yeah. point, you and maybe can say, "Well, I've played ten hours of Graveyard Keeper, so yeah, I've experienced this game and move on." It's sort of the the, the understanding I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't terribly expensive, but it was. Uh, I, I I and also it, it, I got I saw a lot of recommendations for kind of that kind of life sim type game, which I've been kind of craving. So yeah, it's cool. It's like Stardew Valley meets I don't know six feet under. <laughs> yeah so i'll i'll let you know how that goes if it uh breaks or if it's <laughs> good so do you guys think uh kingdom battle mario and rabbits kingdom battle does that ever get a sequel or does ubisoft ever make another mario game kind of like that i or... hope it does i think it deserves one i mean it's i think really well it sounds like it deserves yeah. one i don't think it'll happen though uh i i haven't played it but i mean i would be in the camp of it probably should happen because people like that game a lot but i, and it's I would be interested to see them cross over into something else i think that's so, probably more likely is you'll see more ubisoft crossovers with nintendo sort of in the vein of the the starlink stuff with Star Fox. Oh, yeah. i could see yeah. a metroid thing that's happening true. soon yeah. it, 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 mario plus Star Fox plus rabbits oh i mean i'd and be there for mario it but and the rabbits go to the, the Star Fox universe <laughs> the, yeah. the the better thing is that they're gonna is is the idea that they would uh have ubisoft make a oh. metroid game that has nothing to, to really do with metroid but it has samus in it and then that's nintendo's what? like we made you a metroid game metroid isn't Chronicle this what you wanted and you're like oh uh... wait guys what if they made Rabbids cross Kirby. So you have Kirby <laughs> rabbits that are absorbing oh. other stuff. What they if just Kirby just absorbing each other. sucks oh. in the Mario rabbit and then spits him out? That's, that's the <laughs> whole game. Uh, if, if they wanted to do keep going with tactics, which is what I, I would like, fingers crossed, hope that they do. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, tactics, a game including Kirby being able to absorb other powers and use them, would be kind of interesting. So fun. <laughs> I almost would see that more as. And this sounds wild because it's at this point that game came out. Did that come out in 2017? Yeah, so it's not that old. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could almost see them doing that as a DLC kind of thing though. That's mm -hmm. the thing is I don't know that Ubisoft feels that like the switch as a platform is kind of solved in terms of its hardware capability. Sure. So there's no reason to make a sequel for really any game on it, unless you're going to build a whole new game's worth of stuff. So for something like, like, rabbits mario vs rabbits like it makes sense to me that they could add more nintendo properties as downloadable stuff and meaty downloadable stuff like i think that dk expansion was pretty substantial um it was like a whole nother world of content it was my understanding but yeah i'll tell you the reason why um they would make a new title release over a dlc because new titles cost more money than dlc mm. so they make more money Maybe I don't know. I I, I, I bet there's 
people who would rather buy a new game than to buy the old game plus DLC. Oh, I exactly. think you're totally right. There's totally people yeah. that would. I just don't think they give a shit about them. <laughs> well, right. But I mean, would it be more profitable to release like $20 Kirby DLC or whatever? Um, and people who are Kirby fans, but don't have Mario Rabbids might not get it. But Possibly. Kirby fans. Yeah. Uh, and there are, I think there are probably more Kirby fans than there are Donkey Kong fans. So that could be the case. Uh, Rabbids cross XCOM, which is doing up. it. <laughs> I mean, if I could just like, if I could just like fire a Goss rifle at a rabbit and watch what put, put it in Archangel armor. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't actually want to hurt rabbits. They're cute. They I don't think you me. can. They're incapable of being hurt. They can't feel pain. Yeah. God of War cross rabbits. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought you'd be the one to hurt me. Boy. <laughs> no, they're not Kratos. They're the they're the Norse gods. <laughs> Kratos just, just one They're going to throw in some God of War them, stuff. Just like Read it, them. boy. <laughs> boy. <laughs> <Thanks>, boy. <sighs> oh. <laughs> So, uh, Alex, what did you play this week? <laughs> uh, do you want the game or do you want the not game? We've already talked about not games for, I would say, 40 of the 55 minutes we've been recording. Yeah. So Let's go game. I'm going to say game. I'll come back to the not game then. Oh, no. I didn't so. even talk about Clock Simulator, the game that I had played. <laughs> so, uh, about an hour before we re- started recording the cast, my friend asked me, hey, do you like Picross? And then he added... If you don't, we aren't friends anymore. So yeah, I think that's only, that's yeah. a pretty I natural mean, yeah. way to approach that. And my mm-hmm. response is naturally, Picross is the best. So yeah. he recommended me this game called Pixel Puzzle Collection. It's on phones, and it came out late last year for mobile, uh, but it totally slipped under my radar. And the weird part is, it's the latest release from Konami. Uh, <laughs> so it's technically a Konami game, and uh, I didn't think you gambled. No, surprisingly, there is no pachinko in this at all, nor is there any health clubs, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I've put in like 30 minutes because I, you know, only got into it an hour before the cast, but it's really good. Like it, um, there's a lot of quality of life features that are like going to make it really hard to go back to normal Picross, like on the 3DS or whatever. So like, um, stuff like if you, uh, like if you figure out which four in a row, are like 100% the four you need, it'll automatically make X's on the spaces which are no longer relevant. So like, you don't have to do that yourself anymore and it just takes care of it, like that kind of stuff. Uh, um, and if you complete a certain amount of like levels and stuff, then you you get the ability to have multiple boards on the go at a time. So you, you're not just like stuck with one board if you get, you know, stuck. So it's pretty good. Um, it's really fun. And all the music and art and everything is straight out of old Konami like arcade games. So it's been kind of nostalgic that way. Like I've seen Weird. Bomberman and Mystical Ninja Goemon and Castlevania and Twinbee and like Scramble and stuff like that. So I don't know I what else is in there. I would see Kojima make, another mystic, make a Mystical Ninja Goemon game than another Metal Gear game. Hell yeah, I agree. But yeah, no, that game is super good. Not on uh, the UK store. Pardon? Not on the UK store. Oh, so sad. <laughs> mobile game releases are really bad like it could have been out in australia a year and a half ago and it came to u.s store last month and then it'll come to uk store in two years like <laughs> regalia lost still isn't out in the uk yep sounds about right mm. 
But yeah, I just. I mean, you're not missing much. Let's let's be real. (laughs) Wow, wow. I still have that game installed for some reason. I do too. Put it on my game of the year list. You put it on the the game consideration. The music is very good in that game. The music music is very good. It's the the rest of the game that's not great, but the music is really great to the point where I still listen to the music occasionally. Just don't play the game at all. (laughs) But yo, Pixel Puzzle Collection is really good unless you're in the UK. That's cool. I bet it's still good in the UK. You just can't get it. Probably. (laughs) I I do enjoy Picross, so I might have to download that soon. Yeah, I would say like I love Picross. I've played a lot of Picross, especially like the Picross S and stuff, you know, like whatever shows up on the 3DS. Yeah. Or no, the S is the Switch. So also that one. But like, I would say this is a little better than those. Wow. So Mm. it gets that's high praise. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good Picross. Uh. How has Nintendo not released Picross as a mobile game? Right. Yeah, because they have it on like various platforms, but they don't have like a, just a mobile Picross. Is it? That is a Nintendo published game, right? I was going to say I don't know if it's developed by Nintendo though. But I think they published it, right? I'm not sure. Okay. My uh, my thinking is that there are eight thousand Picross games on every mobile platform, and they That's want to stand point. out. It's true. That's true. Hungry Cat Picross is real. Okay, good. that's because. Oh God, I I was real into Hungry Cat Picross for a while, <laughs> to the point where I there, I completed all the puzzles multiple times on that. Yeah. I I, I know Hungry Cat Picross way too well, but it's very good. So if you're looking for a good Picross game, coming soon, Harry Potter's Piss Cross. <laughs> Well, now I'm going to have to include that conversation when I edit the podcast. Thank you. Is that our title? <laughs> Harry Potter's Piss Cross? Harry Potter's Piss Cross. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for that, Pat. We got a good title. <laughs> At uh, least now we know how we can magic away the things that don't work or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. It's a mobile game. And when you can't solve a puzzle, you can just use the spell and then it goes away. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you guys want to hear about a real good anime, but <laughs> what's it called? What's a real good anime you want to talk about? It's pretty good. It's called Land of the Lustrous. Mm. And uh, I'd heard a lot about this. Uh, it came out in 2017. And like after Game of the Year and everything like that, and after the new year, I was kind of like, oh, I just need a breather. I'm just going to watch something super lighthearted. And I got into that show because I'd heard so many people recommend it. And it's got like a really cutesy art style. And I was like, okay, it seems like a really good one. But yeah, I went into it with really tempered expectations. Hashtag tempered expectations is a good podcast. Um, but like, uh, I don't know. Have you guys ever watched CG anime or CG television shows? Because yes. I have a pretty big aversion to them. Were you talking yeah, like I Oh, Roughnecks, that's some good stuff. Roughnecks is good shit. <laughs> I'm going to say qualitatively worse than Roughnecks. Like, okay. I, like, I'm talking about like Knights of Sidonia or Ruby or like Berserk recently. Oh, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah like, I don't kind of stuff, get yeah. into Sidonia at all. I it, really wanted to. I wanted to too, but like, it's like watching, it's like you're watching a video game cutscene that's like having frame drops. Yeah. Like, it's I like the suddenly only- the frame rate goes down to like 10 and you're like, what is, is going it- on? Doesn't doesn't Gundam Seed employ some of that stuff? Yeah. yeah. Like, so yeah. that's the only one of those shows that I've been able to get into that's got a lot of that kind of CG element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
otherwise I totally agree with you. I think it's rough. I think I don't understand why anyone watches Ruby to be honest. I'm yeah. sorry to sound like a jerk. I did but like, teach their own, so but key. it's, it's true though. Cause like the, the fully CG shows are just hard to get into because like, especially mm-hmm. the thing I was just talking about where it looks like the frame rate just cuts down to like 10. Totally. Like, what is yeah. going on? Like is, yep. is the console having trouble? Um, so like as soon as like, this is a hundred percent CG show. So I already had kind of like a little, like, like a fart sound going. I was like, Pff. but um, the thing about that show is I think it's actually made better by the CG. So like, I think they're able to do things they otherwise couldn't have. So it's actually a pretty good artistic choice, which is not something I would have expected going in. Oh, um, like the Transformers movie. Yeah. It's, it's basically the Transformers movie, but um, uh, the story is basically that they're <laughs> anthrop- back that up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I saw you making the motion. One of my favorite like, movies from last year. Oh God! I no. really want to okay. see that, no. and I've okay. only seen thirty minutes of uh, any Transformers movie. Back to good thing. I don't know. Bumblebee might be good. Back to good things. Not Transformers movies. Yeah. There is a scene in which there's a load of military people having a meeting, and John Cena is there, and the meeting is about whether to trust the Decepticons or not. And John Cena goes, "Guys." They're called Decepticons. Okay. Does that bother but anyone? We're not talking about Bumblebee. That movie sounds fine. We're talking about Transformers. One, this anime, and also the old, the other Transformers movies by Michael Bay are terrible. Damn. One of them has balls. The oh, giant Transformers. Oh has my balls. God. Yes, it does. <laughs> One of them also has like intensely racist caricatures of people that are. It's, oh it's the God. Same movie. Literally, the same only 30 balls. minutes of that movie I saw, of the first one I saw, was when I went over to my uh, friend's place. And we, it was on TV and it was the only 30 minutes that didn't have any robot fighting, just a lot of masturbation jokes. Those, yep. that, like, those movies are literally Michael Bay's worldview in a movie where it's like, robots are cool. Women are sex objects and black people are funny. That's yep. the only thing that he, that's like his, the only things that fire on the neurons in his brain. Fun fact, the racist black cars, Fiona drives one of those. That's our family car. The cars are fine. Please continue about this interesting sounding anime. <laughs> but yeah, anyways. <laughs> so like short version of the story is that they're anthropomorphic gems. So like you hear people saying like, oh, it's the anime version of Steven Universe. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to make that. But, I mean, but which, is, which is pretty good. But it, and like I was like lighthearted Steven Universe. All right. That sounds pretty good. And that's pretty apt actually. But especially for the first couple episodes, but after like three or four episodes, it's kind of like a cross between near automata and metal gear solid. I'm into that. Like it deals with like existentialism and like Faustian paradoxes and stuff like that. And it's really crazy. Sounds Uh, good to me. It's extremely good. Actually. Like the story ends in a place where it's like super relatable and really well told. Uh, Like the only knock I have against the entire show is that it's too good. <laughs> which sucks because <laughs> no, like the, like no it's because it's so Stop. good but then it ends on a cliffhanger and there's no news oh. about a second season so it's like oh. it, it could just end there forever and it's just like that's such a waste because it's so good uh sure but it yeah it was it was it was that good that i went out and bought the books like to continue the story as soon as it was over which is like super rare for me so cool yeah like it sounds like something i might actually watch yeah uh if you want to watch it legally, it's on Amazon Prime Video. Other than that, you have to torrent it. But it's, yeah, it's extremely good. Good to know. Uh, we don't torrent things here, Alex. We're fully legal. <laughs> Nobody sideloading any apps during this podcast. I only torrent the games that I own. 
let's I talk about let's talk about Pro Tools. PS1 games. <laughs> Pro Tools is a grift, though. There's that, that's the thing is I'm very anti piracy, but there's certain products that exist that one a, they can't get. They're not available in your region. Which in that case, like, <laughs> like do what you got to do to acquire the thing. Young Justice season three, fuck you, DC. And two, you. five if, years I've waited for that show. If the product is like not offered as a thing that any nor like I don't know, Pro Tools sucks. <laughs> I own Pro Tools and I use a torrented version because it doesn't crash as much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyways, which technically you're not doing anything illegal if you own the a license to the yes. Anyways, but anyways, <laughs> Pat, what have you been playing? <laughs> uh, so I played a bunch of stuff. I'll give quick hits about the things that uh, some of the things that I played, and then I can talk at length about something else because we actually filled up a bunch of time. But um, I, like Allison, have used this time as a way to play all kinds of stuff across the board. A lot of stuff that I wanted to dip into for like an hour or two and then come, excuse me, come back to later. Um, so in that vein, um, I played uh, a little bit of Parkitect, which is a game that uh, if you like Roller Coaster Tycoon, you should buy Parkitect because it is the yeah. best Roller Coaster Tycoon since Roller Coaster Tycoon 3, and it actually improves upon that formula in some pretty incredible ways, specifically in the like behind the scenes, how the staff manage the park ways. Uh, I think that's very, very cool. Otherwise, it is absolutely just like an updated Roller Coaster Tycoon, so it's a great game. Um, I played some of House Flipper, which is pretty aggressively boring, but not in a bad way um it's, it's weirdly soothe it's like weirdly yeah. relaxing i can't say that i'm going to play it in a, in long frequent sessions but it's definitely mm-hmm. something that i can see throwing on again when i want to catch up on some podcasts or if i want to watch you know perhaps this anime that alex just talked about uh it's, it's that kind of a game where like mm-hmm. the only thing that i actually don't enjoy in it is doing the painting stuff i think that's super tedious but you get upgrades to make that go faster and yeah. um it's more than just clicking uh it, it's it's actually kind of kind of a fun game uh i played a game of uh well not a board game game of it but i played some mario party uh super mario party over the break with some friends that game is actually pretty fun i'm a pretty huge mario party detractor but uh the mini games themselves are pretty fun i was fairly drunk when i played it so that probably (laughs) honestly with mario party that's probably the best way to play it yeah i don't know how i'd feel about it uh if i played it totally sober um so don't take that as too much of an endorsement uh and uh, I started The Witcher 3 again because I actually want to get through that in the next month or two. Um, but the thing that I played that I have a lot of thoughts about and actually really wanted to kind of speak a little bit longer at is uh, a game from 2016 called uh, Dead by Daylight. Um, mm. I don't know. Does Have any of you played Dead by Daylight before? No, but I've watched friends play it. Cool. Yeah, so it's... I bought this game when it came out. Um, the premise of the game is that you are, there's one person who is a horror movie killer and then four survivors um, and that the survivors are trying to complete objectives and the killer is trying to kill them. Um, the objectives are very static. Uh, they are, the survivors are trying to start five generators and then escape the level. Uh, and that's always the objective. Um, and the generators are placed procedurally around static maps that are based on who the killer is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bought this game in when it came out and was immediately pretty disappointed with it because it felt very, um, felt pretty imbalanced. 
Uh, it felt there was no way to play with friends. Like you, you could, you couldn't really queue together at all. Um, and they didn't have custom games in at launch. Um, and it was pretty buggy and all over the place. And the progression didn't really feel that meaningful or satisfying at the time. Um, so I kind of just put it down and never touched it again. I never refunded it or anything. I just didn't play it. Uh, and then I, I wouldn't say I forgot about it. There were times when I thought about reinstalling it. Like they started adding licensed killers like Michael Myers and stuff to it. And I'm a pretty big horror movie fan. So I kind of thought about it then, but then never got around to it. But um, at the Game Awards, there was a really good trailer for it that showed a lot of their kind of stuff they had done over 2018 and some of their 2019 roadmap stuff. And it made me go, oh yeah, I need to remember to play this again. So I finally did that this week. Uh, and that game has evolved into something really, really cool. Um, it's definitely one that you kind of have to have an appreciation for its aesthetic, I think, to enjoy. So if you don't like slasher horror movies, it's probably going to be hard to get past that visual design. Um, but otherwise, it's just like a really cool, cerebral, competitive, really well-balanced, asymmetrical multiplayer game. Um, and I think that they, they're now up to like 14 killers and I think like 15 different survivor player playable characters. Um, and there's a really, it's really intricate in the way that it kind of works now. Um, did any, Alex brought up Evolve when we were talking about it in our chat prior to this. Has anyone here played Evolve before? Yes. Yes. So the thing I played Evolve a lot at launch too. I really like everyone probably knows this, but I really like weird, whether they're asymmetrical or just non like atypical uh, multiplayer games that kind of go outside of the standard, like shoot each other box. Um, and uh, so Evolve was one that was interesting to me too. The problem with Evolve is that they just basically tried to make a, co a competitive monster hunter where you're running around a map hunting a monster and I think that led to it feeling kind of boring and samey and it didn't really feel like the actions you were doing were that different from if you were just playing Call of Duty or something. Um, the, the cool thing about Dead by Daylight is that it's totally, there is no way for the survivors to kill the killer. There's no way for them to win other than starting those generators and escaping. Um, and for the kill on the killer side, instead of having like wildly variant, flashy, different kind of characters, the characters at their core are quite similar. If you were to watch someone play them, the killer characters, and then their differences are kind of in the margins. So it leads to a really interesting core balanced gameplay experience where what you're tweaking with the different characters is much less severe than in something like a evolve. Um, and it means that it's a lot more balanced. It's like balanced a lot more successfully. Um, and I think that's really neat. It's things like the thing that I think is so neat is like every killer character has a basic left click attack. And generally you need to hit a survivor with that two times to down them. And then once they're downed, you can mount them on a sacrificial hook and it's like a meat hook. And then after a cooldown, they'll get killed like sacrificed and then they're out mm -hmm. and you get a point basically. Um, and so every character has a pretty basic, like you click left click and it'll swing their weapon. And that's not really something that changes much from character to character. Things that change are stuff like the cooldown between their left clicks, because they all do like a different action in between their left clicks. Some of them like wipe blood off of the weapon on their sleeve. Some of them like flick a hammer to drip blood off the hammer. Just depends. Um, so you get, and then there's different things like different ranges on them. 
Some of them, you can hold it down to lunge. Sometimes the lunge is more effective on different killers. So you get these very minute differences that on the surface, so you don't even notice them. But when you're actually playing, it makes for very different experience with that like left click attack. Um, they all have different speed ratings. So they all kind of move around at a different pace around the board. That is huge because obviously movement and, and area control is kind of the biggest part of this game. Um, so that's always interesting. And then they each have one unique power. That's kind of the big thing that separates them on paper. Some of them can do things like stealth. Um, one of them can, uh, one of them, there's two characters that have chainsaws because there's another face from Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, <laughs> the hillbilly character that's original to the game. But the way that they use their chainsaws is totally different. Um, and, and it results in like actually thinking pretty, you have to think a lot about when you deploy your abilities. And that's kind of why I think it's so... Oh, there's another one that I, one of my favorite things is there's one character who you can equip a perk on them that changes the field of view hmm. because being able to hmm. see more in like sort of a fisheye view of, of, of on either side is actually really powerful because then survivors can't escape around the edges of your vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of stuff is just so interesting to me that it, they kind of change core fundamental ideas of how you play these games, like things like movement speed, attack speed, and, um, and, and field of view and stuff like that. Um, and then the other thing that I think is really awesome about this game is I've never seen a game that incorporates its theme more into its progression in that the concept is that all of these survivors and these killers have been plucked from their realities into this sort of ethereal hellscape of horror movie chase sequences called by this being called the entity, which is this like, you don't really know anything about them. They manifest as these really creepy, like spider legs that kill the survivors on the sacrificial hooks. Um, so every character killer and survivor alike has a, procedurally generated progression tree called the blood web uh and you get points and the points can be spent on any character so if you when you finish a game you get points you can go spend that on a different character than the one you just that you just played and it's at first it's just like a skill tree you fill up every node it'll have like four slots on it and you fill the nodes up by paying the blood points and they'll get you things that are basically like modifiers that only last limited number of games usually it's just one game um, and then also upgrades to your perks, which you equip, and those are constant. Um, and they're little things. They'll change cooldowns. They'll give you the ability to, like, the Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw has one that's called, like, ham and ham and something soup. It, it's, it's a play on the fact that he eats people. Um, and when you mount someone on a sacrificial hook, you'll be able to, the, the players are revealed to you, uh, that you didn't just hook as long as they're a certain number of distance away. So it's perks like that. But the cool thing is that as you complete the blood web, you level up the character. When you hit a certain level, you start to have to make choices about which nodes on it to trigger because the entity will start to eat nodes on it hmm. to like feed itself. So like it moves around the skill tree as you buy the different nodes so you have to start making choices about like, I want this. I don't care if I lose this, et cetera, which is just a really neat mechanic. And that happens for both survivors and killers. Um, so overall, I just, I think it's like a really interesting deep game and they, they're moving. They just released a new uh, DLC that has a new killer in it. Um, and they're moving to dedicated servers starting this summer. 
Um, so I don't know. I think, I think it's actually got a pretty bright future and it's also got like around 20,000 concurrence during primetime hours and it never dips below like 10,000. So you can get a game in like 15, 20 seconds usually. Cool. Um, it's a lot of fun. You can also do queues now. Uh, there's a, there are full custom games where you can queue with any friends that you want. Those don't have any progression associated with them, but you can also queue for ranked games with friends as survivors. So there's no way to play in a ranked game where you are a killer and your friend is a survivor, so you can't like cheese it, but you can you can queue together as survivors, which is pretty cool. The the biggest negative I have towards the game is the community seems like exceedingly toxic. But if you kind of just play as a killer and close the chat, it's by yourself. So like there's no one to yell at you really. Uh, so that's pretty easily avoidable. So it's pretty clear, like the difference in abilities that you would have as the killer, but like, do the different survivors have different abilities as well then? Cause like, it seems like mostly what they're doing is just running around and turning on generators and hiding. Right. Yeah. So they get perks. Every character killer and survivor alike gets um, a set of three perks that are unique to them. Mm-hmm. When you max them out and kind of hit their prestige level, then their perks can appear in other characters' blood webs. So that's true for the survivors too. They don't have core basic uh, differences in the way that they interact with the world like killers do, but um, survivors start do start with different perks that are available to them. And you get to equip... Uh, with survivors, you might get to equip more. I actually haven't played as a survivor like hardly at all um, because uh, I've only been playing by myself and I haven't really wanted to to jump in on trying to play as a survivor with other people yet. Um, but now that I'm starting to get more familiarity with how the different killers work up, I feel a little better about it. But like, for example, um, one of the characters, Dwight Fairfield, who's I think one of the basic characters from the base game. Um, he has a perk called bond that reads allies auras are revealed to you when they are within 20, 28 or 36 meters of range, depending on the rank of the perk. So like once he hits level 30, on his blood web, then other survivors can start to see that perk appear. Um, so there's a, there's, it's a neat, uh, it, the survivors are unique. It's not just cosmetic. They do have different sort of, uh, things that are kind of minor. Like another one he has is when he's repairing, healing, sabotaging, cleansing, opening exit gates and searching chests, which are the three different, like I things that you hold a button down and then a meter fills up. Um, if other survivors are within eight meters of range, then they get increased speed to complete those tasks. Um, so each of the survivors has like a different set of perks like that, um, that are teachable. Uh, so it, it, they do matter and they are different. So is this basically the same thing as clock simulator? Sam? Uh, 100%. So, Clock Simulator is an extremely simple game uh, with a few little variations. Basically, you are the second hand. You have to tap on the second every second and keep the rhythm. And uh, in the the standard game, every time you tap it, um, if you tap it at the wrong time, a little bit the second hand chips away until the whole second hand is gone and then you're done and it sets a record for how far you've got and then there's other ones that are like um keep a time and if you tap in certain parts of the screen monsters will appear like it's 
uh, it's an interesting little game. It's on Switch, which is why I'm playing it. I'm playing it for review. Um, but it's on phones for free. So it's, it's fun. It's kind of something that keeps you, uh, keeps you occupied while you're waiting for something else to happen. It's like, it's like, I totally thought you were joking to use the clock simulator, but it's real. So No, it's totally real. It's, it's kind of like Diablo 3. Yeah. It's a good podcast game. It probably would be good. I don't know, because you've got to like, you've got to be very on top of your seconds. Sure. And I feel like a podcast could be distracting. That's fair. I got really excited then because I thought, oh, I can use a VPN to um, use the DC Universe website to watch Young Justice. Um, but it, when I'm using a VPN, PayPal won't load. So I can't start my free trial by attaching a PayPal account. It's very upsetting. Mm. So tragic. <laughs> Sounds upsetting. Mm. So is that everyone? Did we all talk about our video games we and how I think good we did. They were. Uh, I also wanted to give a quick shout out. People should go download the meditations.games. Uh, Thanks for reminding launcher. me. Um, it's, I've been playing each of those games every morning. It's a pretty cool experience. Um, it's a, it just serves you a tiny little game that takes five minutes to play every morning. Um, and it's very, very, very cool. Uh, and then, you know, you can kind of discuss them with that hashtag on Twitter. And it's been like really fun to dip into and see other people's interpretations of the games. It's also thanks free. for reminding me because I definitely saw this at work and I was like, oh, I should download it when I get home, and I did yep. not. But I think it's a great I'll, morning I'll, ritual. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, cool. Okay, thanks everybody for turning up talking about video games. Thanks everybody for listening to the podcast. Please like and subscribe. Um, rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast player of choice. Um, I've been Sam the whole time. Uh, you can find everything you want to know about me at my new website, sam.church. <laughs> it's a real website that I own. Wow. You did. Alex? <laughs> you, you can, what real websites do you own? You can find me yeah, at Alex. You can find me at sam.church also. The, the, I, I haven't mentioned you yet. Alison got a mention. She got a shout out. Ouch. <laughs> you didn't recommend the good place to me. Oh, that's you, totally you know, and that, that is actually a very good thing for for me to do because the that is good, good, good show. Yeah, I should get into it. That. Lives up to its name. It it, it does. It one hundred percent does. I think everyone should go read Sam's website, which is the good place of the internet. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. That's adorable. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. I'd like to do more blogging in the upcoming year, so um, hopefully I'll get less lazy and do some of that. If um, if anybody who's listening knows how to stream Young Justice Outsiders in the UK or anywhere to <laughs> Legally or illegally, whatever. Please contact Sam me directly. At Sam at sam.church. <laughs> uh, I don't have an email set up, so don't do that. <laughs> Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, Alex, you should watch Young Justice if you haven't. It's basically DC Universe anime. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, tell also, me about it. We should also watch Ninja Batman. I have watched Ninja Batman, and it's a CG anime, so I couldn't get into it. Oh, I didn't know it was CG. Yeah, it doesn't look CG in like all the promotional stuff they've done for it. But when you watch it, it's not traditionally animated. And I was like, oh, I couldn't be less interested now. <laughs> Fair I watched maybe eight minutes. Sorry about that, everyone. Alison, where can they find you? Uh, <laughs> Again. Yeah. Engine. <laughs> How about you, Pat? People can find me on Twitter at JesterPC and it has links to the other stuff that I'm doing uh, in my bio. I also want to write more blog posts in 2019. Let's do it. Let's 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 write uh, each other's blog posts in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Let's you motivate should, each other to do more writing. You should write blog posts about writing more blog posts. My blog. I have legitimately done that before. I, that's joking, but I've, I've definitely written blog posts about like, you should write blog posts and I don't take my own advice. Uh, hopefully at some point soon, you'll see my writing featured on major websites. It keeps the, the negotiation is ongoing by negotiations ongoing. The person that I am talking to is very bad at replying to Twitter DMs. <laughs> I keep saying, do you want this article? And he goes, yes. And then he reads it and he says, that's brilliant. And I go, okay, cool. What's the next step? And then I don't hear anything. So either he's being extremely Stop nice. Subtweeting him like this is not going to make him go faster. <laughs> I, I do not think he has the time to listen to this podcast if he doesn't have the time to read my DMs. Very fair. And I, I don't know whether he's a gamer. Not that this podcast is just for gamers. I don't know that I'm a gamer. So well, Have you risen up yet, Pat? Nope. Because oh that's how you know. Nope. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. Please come back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. 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 I hope you end it on that. Oh yeah.